Welcome to the Christian Education Podcast. My name is Paul Matthews, and today it is a thrill, a delight to have our first returning guest, Simon Matthews from Cairo Christian School. He joins me today to discuss a surprisingly controversial topic. This is what he said in the podcast. This hit me for six. He said, For every meeting I have with families about school fees or curriculum content, I have 10 that are about uniform. Before this discussion, I knew that uniform was an issue for school leaders, but I guess I was surprised by the magnitude of the issue. I'm convinced that uniform itself isn't a moral question. A Christian school could have a school uniform, or they could have no school uniform, and they could hold either position with a good conscience. Having said that, once there is a standard, once there is an agreed-upon expectation of uniform or dress code, then how that standard is approached is a moral issue. In this episode, we're going to discuss the cases for and against school uniform, and how uniform can actually be an interesting barometer, the canary in the coal mine, if you will, for how well a school is partnering with parents. One of the things that Simon said that I really appreciated is that every idea has legs. It's not as if our thoughts or beliefs or attitudes exist in this merely mental realm, while our actions are completely different. Actually, it's our ideas that drive our practice. And as always here on the Christian Education Podcast, we have prayed for you. We've prayed that whatever your role in the educational community, God will continue to grow you in wisdom in every part of the educational experience, even in something as seemingly mundane as school uniforms. Well, Simon Matthews, welcome back to the Christian Education Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Now, for the avid fans of this podcast, you will remember, Simon, we've previously had a discussion on uh, students who love education, how to cultivate and form students who, who love their school, who love to learn, who love to be educated and be a part of that process. Today, we're actually talking about something a little different. So I wanted to talk to you today, Simon, about school uniforms. Now, of course, this has never caused any controversy in the educational <laughs> space. Or in the home. <laughs> of course. But this is something that I, I thought you would be able to speak to. Is it something that you've done much thinking about in your time as an educator? Yeah, look, great question. Um, yes, although I think there's always going to be you know, um, more time to be spent on A couple of things just straight off the bat, I think. One is... Um, uh, look, I don't think I would put myself in either camp of saying I'm, you know, strongly pro or strongly against uniform. And, and certainly even within the Australian context, we've got Christian schools that would say, yep, you know, a, a, a sensible, reasonable uniform is, is right and proper. And we've got other schools who would say, no, we, we don't believe uniform is something that that we uh, we want to go with. And, and, you know, I'm comfortable with either of those. So I'm certainly not sitting strongly in either camp. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Paul, I think uh, in my experience of Christian schools and uniform is that what it does is it actually tests the depth of partnership between home and school uh, r- rather than be seeing it as something that uh, has buy-in or not at a student level. At the very first level, it's about a family saying, yep, we want to partner with you as a school. We, we, we see you as being a good fit. And whether they consciously think about it at enrolment or not, uh, it doesn't take too long before they are genuinely asking themselves the question, will we, can we 
partner with the school in this area of uniform. Now, predominantly, you know, it's a it's it's predominantly a governance issue. You know, it's usually the board or at least the executive level who set the understanding of what the uniform will be, and that will come out of a broader culture and and sort of background of families. But um, you know, at at its very first blush, it will come down to can the school and the parents commit to the same things. Um, and uh, so that's, it's, it's often interesting. We, we, we think about this being a student issue and will there be student buy-in. Uh, at the very first blush, it will be can parents commit to it and will they back the school? It's funny you should say that. Uh, it's like a litmus test or it's the canary in the coal mine because we talked in our previous discussion about culture being uh, your philosophy, your values made concrete, made uh, open or manifest. And if you've got the value of parent partnership and both the schools we're involved in and our sort of association of schools is based heavily on parent partnership, born out of the understanding that God gives parents the responsibility to educate their child and they're free to partner with a school to do so. So that's, that's the philosophical position. And so, of course, when someone comes to you as the executive principal of a school for an enrolment interview, that's it's going to be something you're talking about. Now, of course, there's no one who wants to get the kid into your school who's going to say, you know what, I think that's a rubbish idea. Um, I, I want all the privileges and none of the responsibilities. I'm not interested in partnering with you. I want to offload. No one's going to say that openly. But as soon as a kid's not wearing their tie for two weeks in a row or... Um, is wearing the incorrect uniform regularly, well, perhaps that's actually some of that philosophy made manifest, made concrete. For every one meeting I have with a, f with a family about school fees or, you know, curriculum content or co-curricular program, I would have 10 that are about uniform because this seems to be the pinch point and, and it comes down to... Uh, the bit where we where the the stitching starts to unravel a bit, you know, uh, because well, I really don't think that they should have to have black polishable shoes. Now, again, I, I don't want to get into whether that's right or wrong, but if a school has a policy that it's black polishable shoes or this length hair or that colour tie or no tie when you're wearing, you know, the jumper, then that's what it is. Uh, but this is the bit where it starts to unravel, and so I think. In the first instance, before we even go into the point of saying, let's have conversations with students and model that and celebrate that and acknowledge that and how does this part of the school shape our culture, the, f the very first bit you're wanting to say is with a family, um, is this something that you will work with us on? Or is this the bit where we're gonna have to uh, really work hard to make sure that we don't become separated? And if you're partnered with someone, only insofar as it benefits you or you see it as agreeable, one must question how partnered you really are. Um, it's, just, it's, it's just like if a teacher, uh, sorry, a student is really respectful to a teacher, so long as everything that teacher does makes complete sense to the student, well then how respectful are they really? And it's interesting you should say, is that the black polishable shoes for an example, I'm sure that's gonna give um, uh, sort of flashbacks for, for many, you know, for many a parent out there who's had to get many pairs of black polishable shoes and whose kids tore the sole off their shoes so they're out another 120 bucks or this sort of thing. Yeah. It's interesting that if your school was the only school in Australia 
um, and you had to send your child there, then yes, you could have very legitimate criticisms. You could meet with the principal. I don't think this is a good idea. But it's funny that these are schools where people are choosing to send their children. There's, there are many options. There are many different places to educate a child in Australia. And when it comes to school uniform, it's written on the packet. You know, it's, it's part of the prospectus that a uh, parent will get. It's part of the welcome pack. It's part of the verbal agreement. And so um, black polishable shoes are not right or wrong. Partnership is morally right or wrong. Um, and so that we, you've got this, this funny mix with uniform and you hear it all the time. Well, you know, what's so wrong about wearing earrings, for example, or wearing multiple earrings? Um, it says, you know, it, you can pull out some obscure Bible reference about a beautiful women, women having earrings in the book of Proverbs. And you go, well, actually, yeah, we're not saying there's something morally wrong with um, earrings. We're saying that there's something morally right about the covenant we've entered into as school and family where we have previously agreed that actually this is our standard for student dress. Mm. Uh, you're spot on. Uh, so really what, uh, and again, let's, let's talk dress code because dress code could mean uniform, it could mean no uniform. But really what we're saying is as a community, we set the dress code and what partnership looks like is working with together with the school to ensure that the students meet that. And so really, again, uh, we talked about this in our last podcast, but, you know, it really is a, a, a triangle of commitment. It's the school and the parent and the student saying, yep, this is what commitment is going to look like. Um, I, I think in that, um, the, the thing underlying it, we, we want to flip into things like um, uh, a, potentially a quality of uniform. Um, you know, I, you know uh, I personally don't like blazers. Yeah. Okay. Or individuality. My my, my student uh, has has always been able to peroxide their hair, for instance. You know. So we want to flip into preference or um, individuality instead of holding together on the. We we believe that belonging here is really important for us. Therefore, part of belonging means looking or dressing in a particular way, and that's not about uniformity it's not about clones but it is about saying we we demonstrate a commitment to belong in a way that we agree and whether that's through behavior whether that's through uniform whether that's through meeting expectations um, we make the commitment to belong and that commitment is absolutely upfront. and it goes without saying that um, there are many bad arguments for uniform and there are many bad arguments for no uniform and um, and a Christian school can hold either position in good conscience. Yep. One of the worst arguments, I think, for uniform is that the, the classic quote-unquote conservative argument, which is not truly conservative, um, but, but it's, it's, it's got the um, form of conservatism without the substance, mm -hmm. which says, well, we've always had uniforms. Mm -hmm. um, that's perhaps not a great reason in my contention. I think one of the best reasons I have heard for school uniforms um, is saying, what is most important about me as a student? And we talked last time about a student um, being a calling upon the life of each young child to be zealous, to be eager to, to uh, love God, love those around them and love God's world. 
What's most important about me in this school setting is actually the thing that binds me in harmony, in connection to all the other students. So we, what is most important is our shared calling here. Of course, my differences are very important. My particular hobbies and interests, they're, not, they're still part of the mix and to be valued and celebrated, but they're actually in this setting not as important. My, the thing that is different between me and my classmate is not as important as the thing that is exactly the same between me and my classmate, which is that we're both here, we're, we're walking this road of, of seeking to uh, love God, love those around us and love his world. Yeah, and certainly, uh, you know, there are some people who are doing some interesting writing on, uh, you know, the whole area of culture and society and um, smarter people than me are saying that part of what we're seeing is this move away from what forms us and unites us together, what what, what is what is the commonality of us into this what makes me different is actually um, uh, more esteemable it's more it's it's uh, more valued and so it's not so much of the what makes us a community it's what makes me separate is what I will celebrate and I expect you to celebrate as well you need to affirm what is different in me um, and so you're exactly right, Paul. We, we need to be pushing back onto that and saying, no, actually, whilst, there, whilst we celebrate uniqueness, and we do, and we, and we, and, you know, we know that God celebrates uniqueness because um, we know that there is no human exactly like another. And so in God's uh, wisdom and creativity and splendour, he has said, uniqueness is beautiful. But he has also said... Uh, and uniqueness will be celebrated within community. There's this tension there. And so any time that we elevate uniqueness over community, um, we, we're, we're going to be hitting strife. Because if we do that to the nth degree, if we keep splitting the atom, we're going to end up with nothing there. Um, saying that, we've got to be careful that we're not squeezing the uniqueness or celebrating um, um, unhelpful, unhealthy conformity over individuality. We've actually got to find and allow students meaningful ways for them and for our community to show their individuality, to show their uniqueness. Uh, but it's always got to be done in a way that uh, is consistent with who we are as a community and does seek to celebrate and serve uh, that wider community. So I think part of what we do in 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 uh, building community so strongly is we can inadvertently squash the uniqueness or squash the individuality. No, work hard. Work hard as a community to say, well, where will we celebrate individuality? Where will we let that rise to the top? Where will we look at it and applaud it? But it won't be in uniform. It won't be in, in you being able to wear any colour socks because our policy says grey. That's it. And that's where you can really come unstuck. You've got your uniform policy, and in every school, there is a certain cohort of educators who are disciplinarians. And what they're saying is not here. The student's saying, I want to express my individuality, and they're saying, not here. You can't do it here. You can't do it with your socks. You, you can't do it with your hoodie, and you can't do it with your piercings. And what we need to do, I mean, and that's right. By the, by the uh, rules that the school is abiding by, that's absolutely correct. Um, and what you're saying is it actually 
while true, can be unhelpful because that same teacher or that same student, that same school community should be saying, well, if not here, then where? Mm. Uh, come over here. Yes, um, we don't believe that you are best served by con always expressing your individuality in a physical way. Mm -hmm. But let me show you a more deeper, uh, a, a, a more beautiful way of expressing your individuality, which is to do with your character or your personality or uh, your, your... Your giftings, yeah, the, the way that you're called to serve. And I mean, you know, Paul talks about that in... In Corinthians, doesn't he, where he actually talks about uh, the church, the, the, the gathered, God's gathered people as, as being a body. And so we should be expecting to see individuality and individual giftings and abilities and talents coming out for the benefit of the body. And so, yeah, we should see that. That, that should be a hallmark of a, of a vibrant, uh, living, strong Christian community. And that's part of our good news also to the students is that we can say to the student, you are more than what you wear. Yeah. Your identity is not superficial. Yeah. You, are, um, you are carrying within yourself um, parts of your identity which are far more important and enduring and more valued by God mm -hmm. than what I look at when I'm looking at you, what I see when I'm looking at you. Yeah. And, and look, let me be frank in that. that that's, that's not an easy conversation. Um, but I think it, it does force you to, to decide on what parts of the community will be agreed on and committed to as being uniform and which uh, I'm talking there is consistent um, and which aren't. It was interesting, again, I, I wear my dad hat and think back to when we were, you know, grappling with the, with the joy and the challenge of raising four boys. And one of the sayings we had in our home is, hey, we're Matthews and this is what Matthews do. And so that wasn't saying you will all be exactly like me and you will all respond. No, but we're saying Matthews are people who gather together and visit family. Matthews are people who um, eat together. There's a whole range of other things where we can be as individual as we like. You know, we had boys playing different sport. We had um, kids who played different musical instruments, kids who had different interests. Fantastic. They were still Matthews. But, but what we said was, these are the things that unite us as a family and we're going to hold to those. But there's going to be other bits where, yep, we can be individual and, and, and that's okay. One of the exciting things to, to pivot over to the non-uniform yeah. side, yeah. Um, the educational literature often tells us that student work, when students knowingly create their work for an audience beyond their teacher, yeah. whether that's for a, a school exhibition or a community piece, yeah. um, they're more uh, zealous in their creation of that work and they take greater satisfaction. So there's a sense in which we're saying the outside world is part of our audience here. Yeah. On the non-uniform side, and I've seen this coming out of some schools in the States over the last couple of years, and I don't mind it at all. I'm not sure if I like it more than the sort of arguments for uniform, but what they say is, look, um, we don't have a blazer with a school logo on it. We don't have your um, embossed trousers in here. No, we, we don't do that as a school. Um, we see that unnecessarily uh, multiplying logistical frustrations on our end, but here's what we want you to do. Uh, the dress code is smart. Not smart casual, the dress code is smart. We want you to be wearing a blazer. We want you to be wearing nice shoes. We want you to be wearing a, a tie 
and some slacks. Now those, those shoes could be brown or black, don't care. They, they've got to look nice, right? Your blazer could be any color under the sun, as, as long as you are well presented. One of the things about that is that student hasn't just spent $150 on a blazer that they would look like an absolute dag in if they wore it to their cousin's wedding. So they're actually outfitted, the clothes that they have bought stand them in good stead for school, but in some ways, tying in with that idea I just mentioned, the audience is also the outside world. You're setting them up to be able to function well in the society they're a part of by what you require them to come to school in. Look, I think I think whether you have a uniform or not, you're dealing with the with the same the same idea. It's it's this old uh, you know quote of of uh, man having a heart turned in on itself. You know, a heart that that wants to uh, serve itself and be individual. Um, that's what we battle with. Whether we've got a uniform shop or not, whether kids turn up in their denims or their or their uh, pleated skirts. Uh, we are dealing with exactly the same challenge uh, as parents and as educators in partnership, and that is we want students here who, uh, who bow the knee to something beyond themselves and uh, the need to be uh, in, the need to be uh, seen to be uh, with it. Um, and, and, you know, we hope... It would be a hope that that would be toward community expectations. But of course, a much deeper hope is that that will be toward God and an expression of love of God and love for God by saying, I choose to submit to those you have put over me, family, school, um, and I will express that love to you by obedience to them and therefore to you. So irrespective of whether... We, we've got um, students coming in uniform or not, we will be dealing with exactly the same distorted, twisted heart attitudes that are in us, <laughs> that are in us as parents and teachers, um, because it's in all humanity. And that also shows us that if we're at a school with a uniform and we're really tired of dealing with a uniform, we're just sick of it. Yeah. Say you've got, uh, you say you're at a school yeah. and they don't allow logos on socks. Yeah. And you're thinking, crumbs, I'm constantly pulling up these kids, uh, these students, and they've got logo, uh, logos on their socks. I'm sick to death of this. This isn't what I trained at uni to do, um, be the sock police. Um, interestingly enough, I think, the socks aren't just socks. They're a manifestation, as we've, as we've really just banged on about for the whole time. It's a manifestation of deeper philosophical understandings. Now, of course, if every other sock is in the wash, and the student's got one set of socks and they've got logos on them and they, it's the choice between that and bare feet, well then that might not be their philosophy made manifest. But if it's happening week after week after week, again, the socks aren't just socks. They're a sign of something deeper. And what that also tells us is these, these parents who are, so, uh, these teachers who are frustrated with the uniform policy, they're going, well, if we just got rid of the socks, then we could be finished with this conversation. Well, actually, the, to, to quote a well-known proverb, the, the heart of the matter is actually the, the matter of the heart. Yeah. And that's not going anywhere, no matter which socks they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. And so the sense that, as you say, oh, 
I'm sick of this. We're spending way too much time in the school on uniform. Let's get rid of, or let, let's lessen it. Let's slacken it. Let's, you know, lower it. No, no. All, all you're doing is actually um, giving more room for for um, sinfulness and rebellion and individuality and idolatry, actually, uh, to, 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 to be expressed. Uh, and so let's actually tackle with students, with families, with, with colleagues about why we have what we have and how it's actually a formation issue, not a fashion issue. And this is where uh, another aspect of this, I think, Simon, is that um, students have a category already for clothing that they value yep. and wear with pride. Yep. And this is where it can come back to uh, uh, loving your school, a fidelity to your school. Because uh, basketball is a very popular sport at Calvin Christian School. I, I like going down myself to shoot some hoops to um, blow off the cobwebs in between um, classes. We have a small patch of gravel between the main walkway and the basketball courts. And we've got students who on their sport days will wear their Air Jordans. Now, that might be Greek to you, but they're a, um, they're a very specific type of shoe. They're fairly expensive and they've got high social capital. And you should see these guys walk across the gravel. They're completely flat-footed. They lift their, their foot up evenly, place it down evenly, careful never to wipe any mud or gravel on their shoes. They look like, uh, and I love them, they look like complete turkeys. They look like they're learning to walk because they're so careful of not getting anything on their shoes. Um, so it's not that students have a, a disregard for physical appearance because whether, whether you're talking about their Air Jordans or their new cap with a sticker on it that they, they'd die of shame if someone ripped a sticker off, you know, um, they, they have a category of um, clothing that represents something to other people that they take great pride in. What my encouragement to the student would be is take great pride in your school. Again, this, if you're in a school who has a uniform, say, get excited about your school. Your school, um, much like your Chicago Bulls jersey, um, you, the physical clothing you wear is more than just the threads that comprise it. It, is, it represents something. It represents a culture, a history and a heritage and a set of values and ideals. And I would encourage a student, actually lean into it. Wear it with pride. Uh, treat it with great respect because that shows much like the way they're, they're treating their shoes, um, that shows uh, something about you and, and what you value as a person. Yeah, and look, and I think it actually, when we can identify that in, in students, it opens up the opportunity to have, I think, really deep and meaningful dialogue, often questions. I think rather than telling a student, I think I'd want to be asking them questions about their Air Jordans. I remember one of the most, um, you know, um, exposing uh, statements I ever heard as a, as a Christian was that, uh, that people can tell an awful lot about me and what I value and what I believe as a Christian by looking at two things, my calendar and my bank account. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty exposing. You know, and so um, I'd be wanting to say to students, um, yeah, wow, well, you know, what are you, what are your favourite, what are your favourite clothes? Ah, oh, my Air Jordans. Okay, well, why, why are they important to you? And and unpack that, and to be leaving them with with some questions hanging. You know, why why is that? Why is that important? And is there anything else that's more important? And um, what would happen if? 
so some of those questions, I think we've got the opportunity as as Christians, as people who are God willing, you know, further along that that journey of maturity and sanctification to actually talk to those who are following in the faith, God willing, um, with some of those questions. And that's not a guilt trip. That's not a that's not a you know taking the role of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That is actually asking these people as you know twelve year olds, sixteen year olds, eighteen year olds. Let me ask you this, as someone else who's on the journey and has been through the journey, and I'm no better or worse than you, but, you know, tell me about that. How, how important is that? And, and whether that's your Air Jordans or, you know, which car you're going to drive or what career you're going to pursue or, or whatever. Um, I think they're great questions to ask, yeah. I, I also think um, we, have, we have really rich opportunities to allow students to make decisions and the example I'm talking about there and and, uh, certainly within the Australian context this is a reality and and they're things like formals and graduations you know I think being able to have honest conversations with students and asking them to set some boundaries and expectations and standards is actually really powerful and uh, I think if we do that well we are sometimes surprised with where they draw the line. Uh, we would tend to say, you know, they're going to be way, way too strappy for my liking. Well, sometimes uh, students themselves will say, well, we think this is appropriate. And we say, oh, okay, it's probably a bit uh, a bit of a higher standard than I was expecting, but yeah, good. So I think, you know, inviting that in too. It's fascinating you talk about those teachable moments with uh, uniform because if we are in a culture, and I think we are, that would place a premium on physical appearance mm-hmm. over perhaps spiritual or intellectual substance. Yeah. Um, if education truly is discipleship, then we have to really be speaking into that area a lot. Yeah. We as a Christian school should be um, proclaiming a message of what it means to be human, what it means to be valuable and what, what, what is important in life. Mm-hmm. And if we're doing that correctly, you say this often, there will be parts of our culture which, we, which are affirmed by our proclamation of God's truth. There will be parts of our culture which we actually strongly disavow. And if our culture is, and I think it is, very focused on external, superficial measures of importance, that's something that we would actually have to not indulge, but we would almost be honour bound as Christian educators, those involved in discipleship of of, of, of young people to speak into that fairly aggressively. You know, it's the, the old idea, if this is a spiritual warfare, then we've got to go, we've got to put our resources where the attack is. And so if the main cultural narrative around value and worth is coming to students um, and telling them that it's, it's physical beauty or uh, some sort of... Um, external differentiation that's making them valuable or important or worthwhile, um, we would really want to be spending heavy time and resources in that space um, and seeing it as an opportunity to engage in our core business, which is the discipleship of students and the, the, the training of humans. Yep. And again, not falling into the trap that it's students and us. It's, it's, it's a three-way conversation. It's families and students and us, particularly as students get older having that conversation in sitting around a table, having a frank conversation in talking about um, why, is, why is this so important for us? 
Why is it so important for you? What are we going to commit to and agree on together? What's that going to look like? How will we celebrate it when it goes right? How will we respond when it doesn't go right? Um, and being able to have that three-way conversation. And it, it doesn't end up just being a, a battle between that grade eight and me in the corridor. No way. Um, this is a bigger conversation. So let, let, let's have it. And I think we can all agree here, and I've fallen into this trap because I, I like it when people follow the rules in a school. Again, I think this is, hey, it's written on the packet. This is what you have to do. Um, one of the things that I've probably done in the past that has been really unhelpful is you're walking through the locker room on your way to a class and, you, and you're, you're going, wrong socks, where's your tie? Remove that hoodie. And you're walking through and you're, and you're pointing at different people and you're pointing out their deficiencies. Now, uniform needs to be, uh, if there's a standard, it must be enforced. However, we can go about that in healthy and unhealthy ways. And I, I, I started to feel like a real mongrel because my first and sometimes only interaction with some of these students was just barking at them that they'd got it wrong. Now, now they had got it wrong and I was right. And that's perhaps an example where you can be objectively right and subjectively wrong. Uh, it was just a, a very poorly executed um, and, and not likely to foster an environment where a kid's actually wanting to front up and represent their institution well. Yeah, and certainly we've got to be careful in Christian schools that we don't make the 11th commandment that, you know, the uniform policy supersedes any one another statement that Jesus said. You know, um, the way that I work with families, the way that I work with students will always be bound by how God reminds me to work with grace and with perseverance and with with uh, respect in how I spoke. And so I agree. It's very easy just to wander down a corridor and actually pinpoint all the things that are wrong without actually stopping and, again, uh, going back to do I know that student? Do I know what the issues are? And, again, it's not that I, I can't have a conversation about uniform until I've had a 10-hour conversation with this kid about their weekend and, and everything else. That's not it. But it's it comes out of knowing that I then want to talk about the, the issues that are actually preventing the belonging from, from really being uh, in-depth, from really being lived out. Um, that my, my, my first response to this student is not, as you say, wrong socks. It's asking the question, why the wrong socks? What's that on? And then always addressing it as a hard issue, not as, a, not as an issue around um, yeah, where they shop. One of the most formative moments for me in this space, I was a prac student. So I wasn't at a Christian school, but they did have a uniform, this school. And the teacher I was with was really getting up a student to roll down his track pants. Um, he'd, he'd rolled them up. He was a bit of a larrikin, this student. So I think the teacher had had a bit of a gutful of him, frankly, as a prac student. I was scared of taking over and teaching the class myself because this guy was a bit of a class clown. And... The teacher ended up saying to him, look, you, you roll them down right now or I'm sending you home. And what happened was this fellow rolled down his track pants and as he rolled them down, they were about mid-calf, as he rolled them down, they got about 10 centimetres and they absolutely, um, they were torn to shreds. They were in tatters. And it turns out they were actually not much, they were, they were probably, he was in grade uh, seven, they were probably his track pants from grade five and he'd grown a lot. And he didn't have other track pants. 
And so you look at it and you go, you turkey, you're trying to make yourself stand out. What are you doing? Get it together. Stop trying to be the clown. And he rolls them down and your heart almost breaks for the guy because you go, actually, you don't have any pants, mate. Um, you're still wearing your grade five pants and you're in high school. And then um, I was lucky enough to witness that teacher have a conversation with a student later on. It turns out all his um, pants were at his other parents' house. Things hadn't been good. He was planning on going home two weeks ago, but wasn't able to. And, um, and so, so uniform is often a sign of something deeper. Sometimes that, that deeper reality isn't necessarily rebellion or a wrong heart attitude. Sometimes I guess it's heartache or, or brokenness that's not necessarily um, able to be fully controlled by the student themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and that will always come back, won't it, to, to asking, ourselves, um, asking ourselves that question. What is a faithful and fruitful kingdom response in this situation? How, how do I please and honour God in this? And sometimes it's actually walking with a family and a student long and hard enough for them to get the right socks <laughs> because it's a rebellious heart. Sometimes it's in the quietness of a gentle conversation finding out that, yes, my entire uniform is at my mum's house and at the moment I'm living at dad's house. Um, sometimes it's understanding that um, uh, I actually feel ashamed uh, and embarrassed uh, because of my body shape in the uniform that I'm required to wear by policy. So again, coming back, so what is a faithful and fruitful kingdom response in this situation and being disciplined and patient and uh, gentle enough in every response I have to, to do that. Uh, I think that's, that's spot on. And for me, that will always trump any, yeah, but the policy says, Okay, I get the policy says, but what is my faithful and fruitful response in this situation to this student understanding a little bit more about the situation than I did when I, when I pinged them against the locker as I walked past? That's fantastic. Uh, well, Simon, that's been fantastic. It's been great to talk to you about uh, uniform and matters pertaining to school uniform. Um, I don't think we've necessarily landed on one side of the fence over uh, what, what's, what's better or worse. Um, I'm reminded of an anecdote um, from G.K. Chesterton who talks about everything being a matter of philosophy because I'm sure there are going to be parents and educators who tuned into this discussion hoping to hear some hard and fast hot takes on why, you know, here's three reasons why uniform sucks or ten reasons why if you don't use a uniform you're losing your brain and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they've probably heard a lot of philosophy, if we might branch out, um, theology, anthropology, these sorts of things. Um, G.K. Chesterton tells a story about uh, a lamp in the public square back when there was no electricity, it was a gas lamp. And there were a group of people who wanted to tear the lamp down. Um, and there was one philosopher there saying, no, no, no let's have the discussion. Let, why do we want to tear this lamp down? Um, and they said, no, 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 we all want to get it down. So, so they tore the lamp down. Little did they realise that w when they tore it down, one person wanted to get rid of the lamp because he wanted to do all kinds of terrible things. Uh, another person actually wanted to tear it down because he wanted to erect a, a better lamp. Um, another person wanted to tear down the lamp because they felt like breaking things and wanted to continue breaking things throughout the, uh, throughout the village. Everything is philosophical. There is no purely practical question. 
And so when you tune into a discussion about uniform and you hear anthropology, that's actually precisely what we should expect. It's, there is no dichotomy between philosophy and uh, practicality. Actually, they dovetail into one another necessarily. Yeah, that's the old axiom about, you know, every idea has legs. And so uh, if we're looking at the legs, let's understand what the idea is behind it. It's been fantastic talking to you, Simon. Uh, I look forward to many future discussions. God bless you in your role of shaping culture and shaping uh, students. And we look forward to talking to you sometime in the hopefully not too distant future. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate your time.